0: Hey, hello. Just needed to put flight mode on. Um, Yeah, so it's afternoon time. It's a little bit late. It's nearly three o'clock. And... I keep walking the same way. Past the, it's the busy road Busy road But it takes you to the um, The greener area The hills, the hills. I keep being um, Keep being drawn that way If I walk in any other direction From my house It will take me to uh, Pretty much residential area or in town, and when I get down to this green area, this hill, hilly bit there isn't really any, anywhere else to walk you can't walk through the woods because they're all private uh, you can follow the path that I followed today which takes you to uh, the outlet centre in the other town so even though I'm surrounded by green I'm restricted you're restricted in uh, where you can go it's alright, you can just hop over fences and um, just go for a walk through 'Cause a lot of the a lot of the adjacent land is farmland. So farmers don't really like people walking through their land. But it um kind of ruins the point of countryside if it's all owned by private people who just want to have it it's fine I guess I guess I'm just in the wrong place it gives you the appearance of freedom of no limits I think that's what I would measure freedom as the because free is implies without limit Dom or Dominion is the plate is where you are so you could either apply that in a general sense to the world. to your country to your town to your region whatever even your house but for me freedom just means no limitation go wherever obviously there's all the constructs that you're not going to trespass upon you're not just going to walk into people's houses the green spaces though they shouldn't be shouldn't be private maybe somebody wants to own them privately in order to maintain them but they should still be public accessible and yeah I know people probably not agree with that I mean I've just walked from my house right and all of the land that I passed is all private I've walked past one giant field two giant fields I'm walking past another which is owned by a school it's huge the amount of land they've got is huge and they only use it for events I don't know if it's publicly accessible I know there's a there's a stream running alongside it so I won't be able to access it from this side I'd have to go probably into the school premises I'm assuming if it was public anyway but I'm guessing maybe it's not public because it's used for events but that's the thing right it's like what's the point I'm forced to walk along the side of a busy road with cars going at over 60 miles an hour in, some, in most cases and I'm having to dodge a whole bunch of overgrowth so I'm walking on a tiny slither of the path in comparison to my width so I'm having to constantly turn as I'm passing these branches because I don't want to clip anyone's I don't want anyone to clip clip me because people um, do sometimes drive too close to the curb. So I can walk all the way to this hill, which is probably I think it's about a mile and a half, maybe two miles from my house. I can walk all the way there and every piece of green land I go past is private. And then once I got onto this concrete path, this hill, all the land around that is private. I can only follow the concrete path, that's public. That's how I can access a right of way. But all the adjacent land I can't go on. I can only go on the concrete How weird is that? Like I mean I get it some people want to just hold on to land because at some point Someone, some developer might come along and say oh hey that land that you got it looks great for building a warehouse a distribution centre we'll give you two million for it and they'll just hand it over without a thought they'll be like yeah right." because they're not doing anything they, they think that by owning the land it's an asset it's an investment all they're doing is holding the right to put a fence on it and then as soon as they get an offer they'll sell it you can buy you can buy parcels of land for like well they go they start at auction for about £2,500 here like in this area but you can't do anything with it but they get bought. People buy them. So, the council or whoever, whichever service, government service organization owns it, or pretends to own it, the one who does the registry, they'll be the ones, right? They tell you ownership is based on what they have in their registry doesn't mean that anyone physically owns it it just means that if anyone else comes along and says I own that land they just check in the registry and they say oh no no the other person does that's how they derive the right the legal right that's it you don't physically own the land nobody does Because you didn't create it. How is it that how is it that an organisation can uh, put up a register and get everyone to follow along with it? Is this is another one of those constructs: the ownership of land. Now I get it right, at some point before there was any management of land, I'm sure there was arguments, I'm sure there was people killed over land disputes or people just taking land. But now it's come to a point where one person, essentially it is one person, one group, control All of the rights to the land. Because they say that they've got the registry and the registry is the only thing of truth. But there is another perspective to that, that you don't need a registry to derive the right to land. But obviously somebody did see the need. So initially what sounded like a good idea, like Facebook, morphed into something that could be manipulated and controlled by centralizing control. Now a registry, If it was managed by... If it was managed locally... So it's not central... That might be... Easier to work with, less manipulative. Because if you've got a central approach... And it's like these rules apply to all land everywhere and that's it that's uh, monopolistic that's what these uh, that's what these organisations do they monopolise things that are naturally free there without ownership, like land, sea, even the air, you're not allowed to fly within certain ranges, certain heights, certain distances to buildings, just because somebody said so, because they have a registry of all the aircraft. On radar and if you're not Elected to be on there If you're not selected to be Licensed Then you don't have permission Everything is about license and permission The license gives you permission to do something because The license they issue to you Is them giving you permission And them saying that you can do something but it's um, they're giving you permission to use things that are free anyway it's not something that somebody governs, they can create a register and be like okay I'm going to register you know that they're going to manage all of this stuff now when before it was not managed was it needed to be managed somebody just derived the right to manage it and to profiteer from it they didn't see they didn't see it as being something free and available to all it's available to all if you pay the fee and get the licence so the licence could be the lease to a piece of land or driving license or flying license any kind of thing that, even a fishing license, <laughs> you have to have a license to fish or a permit to fish in certain waters. It's like everything has been capitalized. Everything that was. So we, we assume that everything just was at some point. Everything was just free without limitation. But then limitations have been applied just by virtue of where we are. We're living within limitation. Limitation of your perception, of your senses. The limitation of what you can see. What you can perceive. Even though... Everything is... Everything is possible. Not all people tap into that potential. They don't know that there is possibility or potential. They just see that everything that is visible that that's it. That there's nothing more. That everything everything that they need or want or do is within this this limitation. So it's no wonder that that people came up with these ideas to limit activities on things that should be, or things that were essentially free, like going for a walk, is now, for me anyway, it's difficult. (laughs) The roads I have to walk walk along to get to just one piece of land that is accessible, Because all the other lands around me are private Even though there's nothing on them The right to that land has been given To somebody else And that other person can say You cannot step on my land Because they've got the right to it They've got the licence to it It's weird How How do you get past something like that? Like, there's got to be some places in the world where there, there is no, like, licensing like that. I'm guessing in maybe places like Africa, because it's got such a vast expanse. And in the Australian outback, they've got such a vast, expansive land that... Well, I mean... It's only going to be good for the herding of animals. It's probably some some of the driest conditions. so it's not going to be too hospita- hospitable, but in the places that are hospitable, <laughs> where there's available water, fresh water, it's all licensed. Now, I know it's not everywhere i 'm being uh, i 'm being a bit narrow minded because that 's been my experience, right of where I currently am. I know when i 've been to Iceland i don 't really recall ever seeing any any signs saying it 's all private because nature doesn 't really give a shit <laughs> if you see some of the scenery, scenery in Iceland you understand why there's not many why the population is sort of stuck in one area because you can travel from you travel out of Reykjavik towards Vic and uh, you could see no houses you might see a couple near uh, what's the name of the waterfall Selfoss maybe I think it's Selfoss S-E-L-F-O-S-S Maybe that's like the last Area Of residence before. Because once you get past that Then you're going towards like The volcanic region Or the main volcanoes Katla. Um A-F-F- <laughs> The one... The one that erupted... To 2010? I think it was 2010? We sent up a dust plume... grounding in there... Uh, ground a lot of air traffic in Europe. But all around there... You know, it, it does look free and open. There's no... There doesn't appear to be any claim to land. I think it's maybe because different places, different countries and cultures have a different respect for the land. Or they at least have respect for the land. Where it is in somewhere like the UK there's a lack of respect for the land. Because all the old forested areas have just been torn down to build a train track so that people can commute to work quicker. And uh, that's a sensible reason for knocking people's homes down, pulling down ancient trees and woodlands for the sake of profit. That isn't respect. That's not balance. They can say, oh, we're tearing these trees down. Oh, they've got disease, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we're going to plant like a million trees, you know, further down the road. That's not balance. That's like saying... that it's okay to do what they're doing because they're planting a million more trees It it still doesn't make it okay the act itself is still negative the planting of the million trees is an exaggeration it's to make you think wow Uh, I mean for fox sake I'm walking through what would have been a forest right on concrete <laughs> because somebody thought it would be a good idea to have a path a cycle route between the two towns for work again for work so they've, they would have had to knock down trees in order to cement this and it's like, for fuck's sake, I'm on it and um, I mean, you get a few cars coming up and down it, picking people up you get um, a couple of cyclists, I see the same cyclists every day you see a couple of people running, I see the same runners there's not a lot of people that use it how do you justify knocking down all the trees and where have you planted the the trees to provide the balance there's a couple of like little shrubs on my left but they don't look anything like the ones that would have been here because I'm looking across the the other side of the highway and those trees probably within a hundred years old they also look new So, I think to say that all people have lost the way, I think it's, when I say they've lost their way, I mean the res- they've got no respect, there's a lack of respect for self, for others, And for the things around them. For nature. For the things that they own. I mean, geez, people spend all this money on things. And you know, they're constantly... Constantly dropping the phone. Constantly crashing the car into things. There's no respect. It's just like... I'm going to get another phone anyway. I'm going to get a new car anyway. There's no respect for anything. So when it comes to knocking down woodland to build a path that spans two and a half miles, so you knock down two and a half miles of woodland to build a path that currently only I am using I'm the only person on this path sorry there's a cyclist behind me <laughs> me and the cyclist, are the only people using this path right now and yet they knock down two and a half miles Of woodland. It's fucking insanity. That's a lack of respect. But it's okay, we planted a couple of shrubs on the side of the road. That makes it okay. It doesn't. It's like. It's like you're having an argument with your spouse. You have an argument with your spouse or your parent or whoever and rather than actually deal with the emotional part elements of it, it's like, I got you some flowers. Alright, oh, yeah, that's it, that's good. We good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. That's it, right? Is that respect? All it is is... Uh, Ignoring the emotional aspect, the the thing that needs to be resolved, the thing that needs to be balanced, and using a fucking dopamine hit to ignore it. Here, got you some flowers, some chocolate, and a movie. You know that movie you want is. That's not different to knocking down two and a half miles of trees and saying, "Oh well, we we planted some shrubs on the side to make up for it." It's not. <laughs> it is an insane, insane world. We're observing. We're observing some sort of polarity. It seems to be more prevalent in some areas. I think. I wouldn't say it's the same in all areas because you've got different people. You've got different people with different perspectives that they'll attract the same kind of people to them. So if you get a couple of bad people in one area, then you get a lot, of, a lot of bad decisions, bad choices, you know, lower nature type stuff. Yeah, it's not done two and a half miles. How much you're going to get for that? Kind of thing. And we'll put some. Uh, we'll get like fifty quid's worth of shrubs from the from the um, back of a truck or something. Just stick them in. Yeah, that'll be good. And that's it. It's a solution. It doesn't have to be something that is uh, the same. I mean, for example, where I'm stood right now, right? They have obviously taken down a shitload of trees because all I can see around me are the trunks of a lot of trees. And they haven't put anything on top of it, right? It's just all grass, it's just all wild now. Because they've taken the trees down, it's uh, lost the canopy. So all the grass is dead. They've chopped all these trees down and then planted a shitload of little saplings that aren't taking. It's like a tree graveyard. It's insane, why would you do that? They literally cut down the whole forested area for no reason and planted a whole bunch of saplings. Tiny little skinny trees that are not growing. And all these trunks are just laying around fucking insanity sorry for the swearing (laughs) but I'm assuming this is something to do with access to the private land but I don't know why, I don't know who paid for it maybe it wasn't even the council that paid for it, maybe they just approved it because somebody else said that they would pay for it but it's like the. It's another two and a half miles worth of, maybe not two and a half, maybe about half a mile actually, because it's just like the gap in between two of the two of the areas. It's about half a mile, but it's deep. It goes deeper than uh, than the other side. So this is how you get. This is how you get insane things, right? It's the people that are making the decisions. Because, I mean... If anyone had actually come down here and looked at it... I mean, I know what they would say about the trees... They probably would have had a tree specialist tell them that all of the trees are diseased. Because every time I've seen uh, somebody chopping trees down, like around town, they always say it's diseased. That's all they say. Oh, yeah, we had to cut it down because it's diseased. If it's diseased, it means you fucked up the soil, it means you fucked up the air around it. So your industrialization, allowing more trucks and cars to go by, allowing shit to be dumped into the water, that's what's really wrong. The trees can be saved. All you just need to do is stop dumping your shit in the water and fix the soil. They're just lacking resources. So they're killing the trees and then replacing them with these little trees that are not going to grow because the soil is still shit. All these trees are bent as well. Like, I noticed this um, when I was walking down the other section, right? Some of these trees are bending like at an extreme angle. And it's not because they're heavy. They're very skinny, right? There's nothing on the top. But they're bending at an angle. I thought, oh, maybe the trying to get more of the sunlight it, it just looks like there's something wrong with the soil I mean for one there's a lot of concrete and cement and sand so there's probably a lot of chemicals that have been left behind from all the work they did so there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that think they're doing good By removing the old and replacing it with new all they're doing is creating an imbalance. By tearing down all these trees that I've just looked at they've created a great imbalance because those trees they would have been the reason why you wouldn't have had a flood area around here because their roots will extend. will extend further. And so any flood water is gonna be soaked up by them. Yeah. I think what it is is people only deal in physicality, right? They only deal with the issues that they can see. They uh They don't all look ahead. It's like, yeah, we're cutting these trees down because they're diseased. Okay, well, what does that mean? And why are they diseased? What is it that's wrong with them? Because it's not like a tree is going to catch a cold. Because you can't. It's not like... The tree has been drinking alcohol (laughs) you know what i mean it's stupid if the diseased it means there's an imbalance and it's either in the air or the or the soil or the water any of those three elements so you address the problem you don't just cut the trees down and then replant more and think you've done good you haven't addressed anything All you've done is cut down a whole bunch of good trees That would have contributed to your uh, Would have contributed to assisting in uh, reducing the flood risk But it's all about just getting things done That's what it's all about in in organisations like like that in any organization, it's just about getting things done. It's not about like fixing the problem. It's not about even doing a good job. It's just about getting it done, getting it over and done with. But it should be about solving a problem. it's almost like here someone drops something on your desk deal with this you deal with what's been dropped on your desk and that's it and then a week a month later two years later three months (laughs) sometime later the same thing is dropped on your desk but you don't it doesn't really you don't really see any you don't see a pattern because that's not your thought Your thought is to deal with whatever is dropped on your desk. People are treated just like machines. Here, here is the information, do it, and then tell me when it's done. That's what machines do. You give a machine the information and it produces an output based on a process or a method. It's the same thing. So for people that are doing that, why wouldn't I just replace you with a a computer, with a program? If all you're doing is telling people, hey, can you cut down some trees? Hey, can you plant some trees? Every time an order comes in like that, I could just have a computer do it. Now, what's missing from that is value. Quality. People work on the basis of quantity, I think. The majority of people that I've worked with have worked on the basis of quantity. How much can you get done? Nothing to do with like how well the qualitative aspect does it actually work? Does it solve a problem? Is it the only solution? Are there any drawbacks? Does it create any additional problems? Things like that. People just get things done. Fucking get it out. Get it off my desk. And it's the more things that they can do. Whereas I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit cursed. Because... It's not that things have to be perfect, it's just that I'll always find a problem. So it's finding the ba- it's finding a balance. It's always like something's ne- something can never be finished for me. It's very difficult for me to say it's finished. I can get something working, functional, but until I'm, until I'm happy with it, I can't say it's finished. So for me, things are always a work in progress, which is probably the right way to look at it. That everything is a work in progress, that nothing is perfect, and that nothing is really finished, because it's always going to need adjustments. Technically, that, that's the right way to explain anything. As people, we're not finished. We're always going to need adjustments as we're uh, as we are progressing getting older decaying more and all that we're going to need some adjustment and the things that we do and the people we interact with needs adjustment as well relationships so I've been trying to think of how can i apply how can i apply what i like doing and i think i found that i like to talk i like to talk about things that interest me i like to i would like to talk to other people about the things that interest me because it may be something that interests them just speaking with like-minded people I find it very difficult to find an outlet to find people of the same um, find people that show the same interest the same interest in discussion even like just abstract stuff I can explain some concepts to some people, but not all concepts. So it's like technology, like in terms of abstracts, I've always tried to, I guess over the last eight years, the things I've been creating in technology, I've been trying to abstract. Um, A lot of people create things specific. Specific to an organisation Specific to uh, Technology Specific to a, a vendor Provider It's always specific to something Where I've always seen that as A weakness Now if somebody's telling you I want you to build me this And it want- and it should only do this That's fine that, That's what they want right But that's not what I develop. so I probably (laughs) I probably wouldn't do something like that not anymore in the past I've probably expended a bit too much energy because people have asked me for that but I've given them something that is um, more abstract that works with the vendors that they wanted But it also allows them to work with any vendor. Or it would allow them to extend it to work with any vendor. So it removes removes limitations because the the clients imply the limitation, right? It might be justified, but I can see, or I, I could see that the way things were going because I saw things that happened at big companies, right? There was a, a media company that I worked with a few, in a few different, few different locations, different departments. And uh, they had a service that they were running in with a cloud provider. Now, when that cloud provider had an issue, it had a knock-on effect for every customer that was using that cloud provider and no matter how big you are you have no control in that process it was something something as simple as a a certificate a website certificate had expired hadn't been renewed or hadn't been updated and it prevented i don't know how many customers from being able to operate efficient operate to just be able to operate and that's happened so many other times, not with just cloud providers, but with um, providers that provide security, security functionality for your website. So something like Cloudflare. So you point your you point your customers at Cloudflare, and then Cloudflare points at your website. And so anyone that's trying to attack your website. Cloudflare, deal with it. Now, you have a lot of big companies using sites like Cloudflare, using their services. So when Cloudflare has an issue, all of the customers have an issue. And that's why, that's why I created the solutions I did. Because I wanted to express and show the people at these companies where the single points of failure were. And it may have been very subtle. It was a subtle way of doing it. It was like, this gives you the ability to, to run your services with any cloud provider. That kind of thing. So, I think a lot of companies got uh, a bit shafted by the whole cloud movement. And I think they still are getting shafted. Because. Well, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. If you work on the principle of balance, if you only have one cloud provider providing or hosting your customers' service, the services for your customers. You can expect that your services will be unavailable. Because there's no balance in the equation. You need at least one other... Provider. And it's the same with your... Your security provider. Having a single security provider... To provide access to all your... Services... Is again unbalanced now I don't understand it because a lot of these big companies they used to handle the security side themselves all they've really done is given up control and pushed the problem somewhere else, it's like okay, so we're not going to manage it anymore so now they're reliant on another company being secure and another company being always available always having the services available but if you're if you're providing a service to your customers you know that that is never possible if you structure your services the way most people do so now I enjoy talking about things right conceptualizing things Problems and problems, ideas, solutions. I can create the solutions. I can think of the problems. I can analyze. I could apply the same thing basically to any company. It's just that I've got experience, I've got about 18 years' experience working with different, varied companies working with mainframes Unix mainframes all the way up to uh, HP blade enclosures and then cloud providers and then on-premise cloud so I've been involved in in different aspects so I know the problems I know the solutions I know the potential pitfalls I know how to I know what tools you should be creating because you shouldn't be relying on somebody else to provide you the tools. You have to have some input into it. And you need resilience, you need balance. Balance has to be at every aspect of your processes. And this isn't just uh, specific to technology, balance has to be at every part of your organization in your marketing department, in your finance, in your account. You can't be reliant on just one person. If you have one person that's doing your social media marketing, what happens when that person's away? Because they are gonna be away. What happens if that person decides to leave? You need to factor all this into your business balance. In order for you to provide your service to your customer Which is the reason that you exist, right? To provide your service to your customer You have a job because you're providing a service to The customer So in order to Facilitate that There has to be balance at every aspect Because otherwise things become unbalanced if you have a high staff turnover, that's const, constant imbalance. The more, the more people you have coming on, the more people you have leaving, that's knowledge of your business that's leaving. I think people... <laughs> There's a, a fucking guy came past on his bike. <laughs> and just as I was getting to a point, I just turned to the side. Um, this is where I saw the deer. Yeah, it was just the guy on his bike, and he was wearing bright orange overalls. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, what was my point? Ah. Anyway. See the thing is right I look back I stop and I look back Up to the top of the hill Because the cyclists do come down quite quick So I turn around every few minutes Just to make sure there's none Coming That guy must have just He must have been blazing <laughs> So it has to be balance in your organisation At every level Having a CEO come in, a new CEO or a new management, having them come in and flip things over, okay, it's a reset, right? You wanna show people who's bossed. Or you just find the areas that are imbalanced. You save a lot of aggro. Find the areas of imbalance and fix it. Find out why. Talk to people don't just go in there and say alright, you're all gone that causes more imbalance I've been in those situations not as a full time employee but working on projects and seeing this turnover occur and I'm like, it's pointless it is so pointless because these people (laughs) I'm getting attacked by a bug or something those people that are there, the ones that you're coming in to shake up, they have been, they've been a part of the business, a part of the success or the failure of the business up to that point. It's not always failure, it's, you get certain milestones, right, in business, and then the CEO will be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass it on at this point once we've done this phase of the service launch and then they'll move on, it's, it's planned sometimes and so they'll just move on and the new CEO comes in and then for the new CEO for him to make his stamp or for her to make her stamp the typical reaction is alright find a general brief tell me what's going on alright they're gone, they're gone, they're gone And sometimes it's all just bullshit. I had a CEO talk to me uh, the first few days he started. And he's like, oh yeah, I really want to talk to you about... um, ...the service, like overview, the structure. I'm like, okay. He never came and spoke to me. The the next thing I hear is... uh, ...the CTO and all these other managers panicking. They're, They're like... Yeah he's on a warpath Firing people Bringing in his people And I'm like It's just uh, I don't know Animalistic There's no real sense to it Sorry just checking the time Yeah there's no real sense to it It's just like Yeah Get rid of them to stir things up, it's almost like they want to put the fear into people to get them to work harder, work more. So I've been through, been through that process, in many different companies, and it's just always the same. It's almost like the the guide to being a good CEO is like when you're brought in when you're brought in as the second uh, I don't know what would they call it when you brought in as the the replacement I guess, I guess that would be accurate when you brought in as a replacement the, these are the steps that you need to follow in order to get respect get control you know it does just seem a bit um, common I mean especially for me I've not been through just one of those types of uh, changes I've been through about three or four it's a common thing they have to come in and make a mark but I've worked with some really good CTOs. They uh, they actually want to understand problems. And they want to find people that they can trust to solve those problems. They They can't always understand the technical aspects, but if you can give it to them in a sense of it being customer-centric, they can understand that because... Essentially, that's what every part of the business is building on. The success of something to deliver to the customer. Ultimately, that's it. So even the finance and the accounting people, if they don't, if they don't ensure that the, the people, the services are all paid on time, that has a direct impact on the customer because the services may become unavailable if invoices are not paid. Or work may stop on fixing issues. And so, you know, project work stops because resources, you know, they're not gonna work for free. So in your business, you need to apply balance. You need to apply it into every aspect and you need to have a way of measuring imbalance and you shouldn't see it as a negative you shouldn't see imbalance as being something that is that you need to hit with a hammer what you need to see imbalance as is that there's been a shift in the business and adaptations required so maybe, maybe it's just focus has lapsed and that would come down to management if people are not focusing on the things that they should be it's management that is imbalanced so you need to ensure that management are doing the things that they should be doing that everybody is on the same page so you don't go around hitting things with a hammer and saying why is this not working, why is that not working fire this person, fire that person You find out where the imbalance is. You know, it could be like... Customer engagement has declined because... Because the development team are no longer working on bug fixes. And maybe there was one particular bug... That a lot of customers were encountering. Or started to encounter. But maybe because it wasn't being monitored... Or priorities have changed you know people were told stop working on those and start working on project work and that could just be because maybe there's a lack of resource it could be any any amount of things but you have to identify the imbalance and you don't just go and hit it with a hammer you have to you have to apply the appropriate amount of adaptation which is balance things again so you adapt you adapt whatever area needs to and then you just work on ways of improving that so say say it is that your developers were told not to work on bug fixes untold or work on one project or a series of projects that's unbalanced because you're gonna have you're gonna have bug fixes that need to be fixed because it's going to prevent people from doing certain things when they use your services. That's customer impacting. So, you should have people dedicated to fixing bugs. And you have people dedicated to working on projects. And I know some developers will be like, I don't want to just fix bugs. Well, that, that's fine. You can compromise. You can say, okay, we'll have a rotation every two weeks. Those who are doing bug fixes rotate onto they move on to project work for two weeks. Those doing project work rotate onto bug fixes for two weeks. And then that way, they're working on new stuff, but they're also going back and fixing things in the old stuff, in the old code. So that there's still a measure of working with the old and working with the new balance i've worked at companies where they have people solely doing new project work or solely doing bug fixes and it frustrates people because people didn't sign up to just do just to fix things they wanted to create new things And the other problem it causes is when you then ask the person who's been doing bug fixes for about six months to go back to work on some new projects, some new project code, they haven't got a clue. They have to then figure out what it does, how it works, before they can start to create anything for it. So you create further imbalance and further problems. So you need to consider every aspect of your business. And ensure there is balance in every aspect, like every single aspect. It takes time. It does take time. But it is possible. I've seen I've seen different aspects of this in different businesses. They haven't all Um, they don't all make the same or they don't all have the same imbalance but they don't all balance the same things either because it's a people thing it's a condition the people can be um, they can be part of the problem but you just have to Whoa! There's a new car just went past. 80069. Eight it stank. It was an electric car. It smelled like you know when you get uh, hot electrics. When you get like a really hot PC, you know, like a. It just smells like electrics burning. Anyway. Yet, no. um, yeah, so you got to consider every aspect of your business to balance it. The places I've worked at, they've all had different, varying imbalances because they haven't all been the same. Because it's a lack of. A- It really has to to be instilled in the management because the management are the direct... They are basically directing people, they're guiding people into... what the business should be doing. What they should be doing today, tomorrow, next week in order to... in order to achieve something towards the business goals that's typically that's how it should be seen what are they doing and how is it helping to achieve certain or specific goals and if it's like if you have managers saying one thing and then you have people doing a different thing That that's an imbalance why is the manager not being is he not listening is people not listening to them or is it a case of the manager isn't efficient in communicating it so that's where you have to identify imbalances like that because there was one place one like extreme example was I was brought in to do contract uh, project work that's what I was told anyway so that's what they were asking me like about solutions solutions and things like that right and they led me to believe that it was all going to be project work But it it turned out it wasn't they just wanted me to do all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do but this was all because the manager wasn't an efficient he wasn't a good manager he wasn't a manager he wasn't guiding people he's been guided by the team he essentially had i think it was a team of i think there was like seven six or seven engineers one of them was junior because they only had like one year experience and the other six were seniors it's like how does that make sense they were all made senior because well the manager was doing it for status he wanted to be the cool guy he didn't didn't want to be guiding people he didn't want to be a good manager he didn't know how to be so, he just basically gave everyone what they wanted. And then, because everyone was doing project work, all the seniors were doing project work, there was nobody to do the, the day-to-day stuff. So, he brought in contractors. Which was... It must have been expensive. And I was just like, how is this guy surviving as a manager like how is how is the guy that he reports to not asking why have we got six seniors you know doesn't really make any sense but I think that was an extreme example it wasn't um It's not something I've seen everywhere. That was probably But that, that was probably the worst example I'd seen of uh just somebody put in a position that they shouldn't have been in because they weren't they weren't balanced enough to be able to handle that responsibility. They couldn't say no. They they couldn't judge, they couldn't treat people based on their skills. They couldn't identify who had the necessary skills for particular projects or positions. So... So yeah, that's the kind of thing that you need to be looking out for. People like that can pass under the radar because they're so nice. Because they can be like everyone's friend. But that's the kind of thing that's gonna drag your business down, it's gonna cause, it's gonna have an impact on everything. It's gonna have an impact on your existing, the services you're providing to your customers currently, future services, because if they can't manage the workload, if they can't distribute it and guide people, they're not going to be working on the things that need to be worked on. So I guess that's maybe something I could help with. Sharing my experience and ideas, not just in technology, but in business in general. All businesses are the same fundamentally. There's no different. Your products and services differ. That's about it. You have a customer. It doesn't matter if the customer is someone viewing your an app on your foot on the phone or somebody walking into a shop or a B2B, business to business. So if you're selling in bulk or you're selling bespoke or custom goods, It's it's all the same. It's the same principles. So, I think that's it for today. So that was I guess balancing your business.